Hello and welcome to Cause High Viz, Cause Construction's very first podcast and the first of many more in the pipeline. My name is David Hastie and today we'll be giving our listeners a taste of Cause Chambers Westgarth's November edition of our quarterly construction law update. Joining me today is Cause Construction's National Practice Group Managing Partner Ben Davidson, Andrew McCormack, Construction Partner in Brisbane, and Melbourne University Senior Lecturer and Co-Director of Studies in Construction Law, Wayne Jokic. It's also an opportune time to note that Wayne is the Editor-in-Chief of Causes Construction Law Update. Wayne, Ben, Andrew, welcome to High Viz. Hello. Thank you. Well, it's another big edition of the Construction Law Update. Wayne, before getting into it, are there any particular issues, particular themes that stood out for you? Yeah, I think there are quite a few interesting themes that we can see in the cases over the last few months. Uh, One is that the courts are really giving effect to express terms. That's a long trend. Uh, The second thing is that we're seeing really interesting developments in security payment legislation. And then the last thing that I've noticed is that we've seen a couple of interesting decisions about the enforcement of international arbitration in Australia. So, Wayne, touching on that first point you raised about express terms, um, I believe there are some interesting developments with regards to, for example, bank guarantees. Yeah, that's really been uh, an interesting area where we've started to see more consistency than we have for a while. And really, it's the Sugar Australia decision from the Court of Appeal in Victoria a little while ago that's led that. basic point is that it's become much harder for contractors to seek an injunction to stop a principal from calling on a bank guarantee or unconditional undertaking. And there are cases in the New South Wales Supreme Court and in the Western Australian Supreme Court in the last few months uh, that have really followed that line. So the short message is it's become much harder to seek an injunction and I think that's really where the courts are headed in all of the jurisdictions. So Andrew, touching on Wayne's first point um, with regards to express terms, can you please just talk us through the developments in particular about bank guarantees that we're seeing? I think what we've seen is that courts have been unwilling to interfere with the bargain the parties have made when providing security and allocating cash flow risk. So when it comes to uh, injunctive proceedings to try and restrain a party from calling on a performance security, the courts have been unwilling to interfere with the party's bargain. So even in situations where a party says, I'm going to suffer reputational damage if my security is called upon, the courts have taken the view, well, that was a risk you knew about when you entered into the contract, and it's not of itself good enough uh, for us to uh, grant an injunction. The parties have effectively, by one party providing security, agreed that the party providing security will bear the cash flow risk of any adverse outcome until the matter is finally determined. Interestingly, even if there is an uh, allegation of a potential insolvency risk such that the party calling on the security may go insolvent and therefore the party whose security has been called against cannot get repayment of that security, the courts have said there must be very sound evidence that this is a real risk not just mere speculation that there's some insolvency in the offing. And these principles are reflected in the Duro and FLS Smith uh, decision recently made by the Western Australia Supreme Court, which we cover in this construction law update. So Wayne, the second point that you raised was surrounding security of payment. Um, There's also some issues of jurisdictional error there. Um, Would you be able to talk us through some of the issues that are arising? Yeah, look, this is an area where I think we've got interesting developments on two fronts. Uh, One is that the legislation is constantly changing. 
And in Western Australia, that's a particularly pressing issue. So that's something that we can look at in detail. The other thing is that we're seeing a consistent flow of really interesting cases, uh, both in the Supreme Courts and in Southern Han, uh, in the High Court. So, Wayne, having a read myself, um, there was a Victorian decision recently for Saad Treatment Engineering. Would you be able to walk us through what that judgment uh, told us? Oh, look, this is a really interesting Court of Appeal decision. Uh, so it's great on a variety of points, including rights to set off and those things. But to me, the most important point is that the Court of Appeal here has said that essentially, if you're in liquidation, you don't get the benefit of the Act. You can't seek the protections under it because you don't fall within the definition of a claimant. And you also mentioned um, a recent decision in WA. I guess there has been a lot of developments, not just here in Victoria, but nationally. Would you be able to, to give us an idea and a, and a flavour of the decision that was handed down in WA? Yeah, so there are plenty of, uh, plenty of really interesting cases decided in WA that have pointed out some potential difficulties in the WA legislation. The Construction Contracts Act led to a big review. Now what we've seen is that a bill has been put before Parliament that proposes a lot of changes. Some of those changes are fairly uncontroversial. Things like changing uh, references from calendar days to business days. And the great thing about that is it helps to avoid that sort of Christmas ambush that you can get with security payment claims. You know, that's sort of one set. But broadly, the other changes favour the claimants, you know, favour contractors, favour subcontractors by giving them a bit more time to apply for adjudication, by reducing the time within payments must be made, uh, and a variety of other things uh, that are broadly helpful for the claimant. So big news uh, in the Construction Contracts Act in WA, and we can probably expect to see those amendments through reasonably soon. How do you believe these changes will be received? You just mentioned that it might be controversial. What's your take? Well, I think mostly the changes are sensible uh, and they do come out of uh, a very extensive review process that Phil Evans uh, conducted and so there was substantial opportunity for people to comment on this. So I think it's likely to be well received on the whole. Andrew, I might throw to you, are there any additional observations or developments here that are worth noting? Another important change is to the definition of the mining exclusion under the Act. Uh, now, only the fabricating and assembling of items and plants and equipments that are going to be used for the actual extraction uh, or processing of oil or gas or minerals will be excluded. So normal construction work associated with uh, processing facilities at a mine is not excluded and a payment claim could be brought uh, under the Act for contracts for those works. Wayne, having a look at the construction law update, uh, the High Court has just heard its first consideration of a security of payments decision. Uh, the case was Southern Han Breakfast Point. What happened there and could, would you be able to walk us through that? Well, this is a bit exciting, isn't it? The first opportunity for the High Court to consider the security payment legislation. You're genuinely excited, um, aren't you? I, I certainly am. Uh, now, it takes place in the context of the New South Wales legislation, and the case potentially raised all sorts of really interesting issues, but the ones that the High Court is going to decide are primarily about reference dates. So that's actually a really important issue because there's some conflicting authority, and the case is interesting for that alone. But it's also really interesting, I think, for all of the side comments, because we'll get the first opportunity for the High Court to say something about the operation of this legislation generally. And I think everybody will be mining that decision very closely. Uh, and it's certainly a decision that will produce uh, many bulletins on. Uh, we just can't wait for that decision to come out and may well be by the end of the year.
Now, Wayne, having a read of the construction law update, there's one particular case that is particularly interesting, and that, that is the case of Sino Dragon Trading. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this uh, involves uh, the challenging of um, a decision under international arbitration. It was in the federal court. Would you be able to give me an idea of what this particular case involved and what the decision was that was handed down? Yeah, this is a classic example where you have an arbitral award and an attempt to challenge it on various grounds. And the federal court, consistent with a lot of earlier authority here, is fairly clear. If you're going to seek to challenge the decision, it's not an opportunity for some general rerunning of all of the arguments. You've got to make the challenge within the relevant rules. You know, here they were the Institutional Rules and that challenge failed. If you want to make the challenge on general public policy grounds, which is another possibility, then you really need to show that there's a real prejudice, some real unfairness that might flow from the determination. So it's not easy to challenge the determination once it's been issued. So Ben, I might throw to you, so we've just heard from Wayne and there's obviously some very interesting developments that are taking place. Um, ben, are there any obvious commercial implications that our listeners should be mindful of? Thanks. It's interesting to actually reflect and listen to uh, the guys talk today about these issues. I think there are two big themes that are coming through at the moment in terms of the material that we've looked at. The first is that invariable tension that exists between uh, the courts and the parliament that's playing out again and again. So we're seeing at the moment um, a judicial uh, strictness coming through in terms of the um, interpretation of terms and the manner in which it's going to treat with bank guarantees. Uh, being balanced up by the legislature in terms of, uh, particularly in WA, um, uh, significant changes around project bank accounts and uh, the security payment legislation. So I think that's a, a constant tension that plays out in the construction industry and it's interesting to, to watch it continue to evolve. I think the second theme uh, is around the uh, constant backbone of litigation disputes that, that exist in the construction industry. Uh, again, it's interesting to see over some 80 pages the number of uh, cases that we can come up with within a quarter that are both interesting and, uh, and on topic in terms of disputes. Uh, in that context, the Arcadis Global Dispute uh, Report that was released last year is very interesting and is, is well worth people focusing on in the material because uh, it gives a really interesting snapshot globally of the disputes that are playing out around the world, both in terms of the value, uh, the cause, uh, the duration uh, and the ease with which they're being knocked off. Uh, so I think they're the, the, the two big themes that we're seeing at the moment, you know, that, that constant tension uh, and the, the ongoing nature of dispute that's operating in our industry. So there you have it. As we heard from Wayne, Andrew and Ben, the courts are continuing their recent approach of giving full force to express terms. Secondly, keep a close eye on developments in security of payment legislation nationally. And we also looked at a recent decision in the Federal Court concerning a decision of uh, international arbitration. My name is David Hasty. Thank you for listening. We look forward to your company again on the next edition of Cause High Viz. Join us for our next podcast where we will be looking at a market forecast of the next decade ahead. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.